Hey y'all, this is Liberated Love Notes, a podcast on Living Corporate Network hosted by yours truly, Brittany Janae, creator of Liberated Love Notes, critical self-reflections and affirmations for the culture. Y'all already know Liberated Love Notes is your source for doses of self-reflection, affirmation, and reimagining for us by us. <laughs> Y'all, I'm going to leave us in, in community with a liberated love note and reminder that, and, and I'm preaching to myself while I'm preaching to y'all, I am gifted. I am gifted. I have inherited gifts that this world and my people need that this world and our people are waiting for. I am gifted. We are gifted, y'all. We have inherited gifts that this world and our people need, that this world and our people are waiting for. We're going to use those gifts. One of my favorite liberated love notes in the actual deck reads, and it's related to this, I possess the intrinsic wisdom and intellect to build organizations, products, tools, and resources that are responsive to the needs, desires of my community. Not only are we gifted, but we use our gifts. We use our gifts. We are a gifted people family. I'm always wondering what it will look like to center and ground ourselves in that reality, to center and ground ourselves in our gifts, to center and ground our understanding of self and who we are as a collective in our gifts. I just feel like in this (laughs) dominant colonial culture, heavy on the anti-blackness and white supremacy, there's a lot of pathologizing the Black experience. There's a lot of unpacking or understanding of our culture through a deficit lens, Black pain, Black trauma, devaluing of how we show up in community and how we show up as the the fullness of ourselves. And I mean, this starts as early as childhood curriculum, right? Depending on where you're, you're educated, Centering Black history on slavery and struggle. This shows up today in boardrooms and virtual training rooms across the country as diversity and uh, inclusion or some anti-racism content focuses on Black oppression. I actually saw a tweet the other day by um, Natasha Emily and she was rightfully lamenting about how some of the diversity, equity, inclusion training or anti-racism training that she'd experienced at work. She's just kind of venting about how it has been in some ways re-traumatizing. And from a, without using this language, deficit perspective, um, let me just pull up one of the tweets she shared uh, here. The learning is often too unidirectional. I feel that my education is often placed on hold so that white people in the room can play catch up. My education seems to be prioritized second to white people. I'm tired 
of reading about the same disparities. Shit, I've grown up with the disparities. It's like the whole class is to prove to white people that systemic racism is real. And this is where she, this is where she adds uh, that I really found compelling and related to this discussion. She shares, I'd rather spend my time learning about the strengths of black people and other racial minorities. What strategies have these folks used to survive and thrive? How can we adapt the strategies and teachings to our research and practice? <laughs> Y'all, the ancestors and elders be knowing. I have mentioned uh, several times that I'm reading, still reading this phenomenal book, Spirituality in the Black Helping Tradition in Social Work. And I've shared it. It has been restorative. It has been an exercise of remembering for me. There's a chapter on the work of uh, Alexander Cremel and W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, both Black scholars of the 19th and 20th century, credited uh, for their work in shaping what the text refers to as what a Dr. Elmer Martin and Dr. Joanne Martin referred to as those are the authors shaping race work. And so like the thought leadership and scholarship around the black experience, they were at the time and continue to be noted for their work and research around creating the conditions for collective freedom. One of the, the call outs in the text is that their work was distinct at their time, and even now, it was distinct because they were actively disrupting what was this mainstream pathologizing of Blackness. And instead, they centered their work on lifting up Black strength, Black divinity, Black agency, and Black gifts. Y'all, there's this passage in the book. <laughs> we gonna have some story time. I just feel like this stuff is the stuff we need to know. There's a passage in the book that's focused specifically on gifts and, and how their work, their research, their praxis was so steeped in gifts, divine gifts more specifically. If y'all don't mind, I'm gonna just read y'all a passage. We gonna have some story time. I don't think... I don't think anything's wrong with that. In fact, you know, we talk about rest and ease. This is <laughs> possibility. This is possibility. Carving out time for us to, to read, but not just to read. Read, listen, those things uh, that are restorative. I'm going to read this passage on divine gifts divine gifts as an element of Cremellin Dubois' uh, praxis. And so it reads here, Cremellin Dubois and other race work scholars at the closing of the 19th century believe that Black people should be optimistic about their future prospects, not only because God and history were on their side, but also because they had inherent and acquired gifts. The idea was that if Black people developed their gifts, the vital qualities inherent in the race, they would have solid reasons for being optimistic. Frederick Douglass explained that the theory that each race has faculty, some peculiar gift or quality of mind or heart needed to the perfection and happiness of the whole, 
is a broad and beneficent theory and besides its beneficence has in it support the voice of experience. 19th century black race work leaders were in agreement that black people must use their gifts for altruistic ends. Francis Ellen Watkins Harper, the black poet, feminist, novelist, and abolitionist held that if you have ampler gifts, hold them as larger opportunities with which you can benefit others. Y'all, this is what's in us. 19th century black race work leaders also generally agreed that the consequences were dire for black people who did not develop their divine gifts. Cremel maintained that history has shown that any people who have perverted the gifts and brought imbecility among their being have perished. It was their divine gifts, 19th century race workers believed, that made black people unique, special, and blessed in which distinguish them from other races or peoples. I ain't finished yet, y'all, but <laughs> we are gifted. 19th century race workers spoke of gifts in the same way social workers today use the word strengths. Although Black sociologists Andrew Billingsley and Robert Hill created the contemporary strength perspective in their work on Black family, families, they are given little credit or recognition in social work literature. Actually, Billingsley and Hill were following a rich tradition in the Black helping experience, since scholars such as Cremel and Dubois advanced the strength perspective well over 100 years ago. We ain't new to this. We true to this, y'all. As early as 1877, in his work, The Destined Superior of the Negro, Cremel was identifying black strengths that he called divine gifts. He recognized plasticity, receptivity, and imitation as inherent qualities in black people that have made for their survival, vitality, strength, and resiliency. Cremel explained that the Negro with a mobile and plastic nature with a strong receptive faculty seizes upon and makes over to himself by imitation, the best qualities of others. Yo, we touch things and it turns to gold. What? Cremel observed that by a strong assimilative tendency, Black people duplicate themselves through culturally borrowing from other races among whom they dwell while, <laughs> while retaining their own unique characteristics and peculiarities. I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago how nuanced and complex we are. Okay, I'm back to reading. They are, according to Cremel, able to adapt to different social circumstances while maintaining their own identity and sense of mission. What? They are, according to Cremel, able to adapt to different social circumstances while maintaining their own identity and sense of self or sense of mission. Mm, Y'all be gifted. Cremel recognized other gifts in his 1895 sermon entitled Incidents of Hope for the Negro Race in America. Gifts include perseverance, desire for mental stimulation, moral and spiritual perception, and courage. 
Regarding these strengths, he stated that despite the murderous invasion of slave traders, the horrors of the Middle Passage, the sufferings of slavery, persistent poverty, bitter disillusionment, and political powerlessness, Black people have persevered. Cromel mm. held that the Negro lives and grows because vitality, in his case, springs from internal sources. Y'all, it is legit in us. I ain't done, I ain't done. <laughs> he stated that despite the laws and penalties seeking to forbid Black people to learn and to keep them in abject ignorance, Black people have groped and stumbled and plodded on, struggling to emerge from the darkness of ignorance to attain, if possible, the ability to read and the illumination of letters. Despite the attempt to present Black people as morally depraved and spiritually deprived, even in their pagan state, the spiritual instinct always had the ascendancy. Cromel said that, he did not pretend angelic qualities for our race, but he believed that because of African sociable, humane, obliging, and hospitable nature, plus their tenderness toward their parents and great respect for the aged, Black people's aboriginal qualities made them amply fitted for Christianity. Cremel warned that people should not read into Black religiosity, morality, in spirituality, that passivity is the normal or aboriginal quality of the race. He was pretty much saying, y'all, that just because um, <laughs> just because we holy don't mean we can't <laughs> get hood. My cousin got that shirt. Um, he says here, he wrote <laughs> that the Negro is brave as well as gentle, courageous as well as amiable, a gallant soldier as well as a patient sufferer and an enduring martyr. Overall, Cremel believed that God had given Black people the constructive capacity to direct their inner, invisible, intellectual, and spiritual nature toward the work of building up the human soul. I promise I'm almost done, y'all. Dubois also believed that Black people were endowed with the gift or capacity for constructiveness. He was of the belief that the gift of black people would not only save them, but also save white America. He wrote, we are the first fruits of this new nation, the harbinger of that black tomorrow, which is yet destined to soften the whiteness of the Teutonic today. We are the people whose subtle sense of song has given America its only American music, its only American fairy tales. Its only touch of pathos and humor amid its mad, money-getting plutocracy. As such, it is our duty to conserve our physical powers, our intellectual endowments, our spiritual ideals. Nearly 30 years later, the Bois delineated in more detail the gifts he believed Black people had given to America in a book simply entitled The Gifts of Black Folk. I got to add that to my reading list, y'all. He first highlighted the contribution of African people. He first highlighted the contribution African people have made to America in their role as explorers, laborers, and soldiers. Then 
He emphasized the contributions Black people have made to America in their struggles for freedom, democracy, and the emancipation of women. Next, Dubois addressed the contribution Black people have made to America in the areas of music, art, and literature. And finally, he examined what both he and Cremel believe was the greatest gift of Black people to white America, the gift of the spirit. Dubois, in 1922, wrote, Behind the half-childish theology of formal religion, there was run in the heart of Black folk the greatest of human achievements, love and sympathy, even for their enemies, for those who despised them and hurt them and did them nameless ill. They have nursed the sick and closed the staring eyes of the dead. They have given friendship to the friendless. They have shared pittance of their poverty with the outcast and nameless. And in this lies the great grandeur of their simple religion, the mightiest gift of black to white America. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> and I hope you stuck it out with me. Y'all, we are gifted. We are gifted. I hope you go into this week really centered in, grounded in the reality that you are gifted. I am gifted. That you have inherited gifts that this world and our people need. I have inherited gifts that this world and my people need. That you know, that we know, that I know, that this world and our people are waiting for. Gifts that this world and our people are waiting for. I'm going to bring back that uh, liberated, that liberated love note. I possess the intrinsic wisdom and intellect to build organizations, products, tools, and resources that are responsive to the needs, desires of my community. I support Black people who do this. Y'all, we are gifted. We are gifted. It's already in us. It's already there. Peace.